Welcome, welcome, you and all, to another episode of the Global Latin Factor Podcast, where we talk about Latino everything. Thank you very much for being here. We appreciate you taking the time. We hit a thousand subscribers plus. So make sure that you go and subscribe to the channel if you are supporting this community where we bring you amazing stories about different kinds of Latinos, all walks of life. You can see them right here on the channel. Latinos are doing amazing things like this individual that we have here today. Today, we have an artist out of Dallas, Texas. He has performed with legends here in the, in the music, such as Big Tuck, Mr. Lucci, Tum Tum, and many more. He has plenty of shows, has awards, has been published on magazines as well. We have J. Trey, Jacob Trejo, and La Casa. Hello. Hi, how y'all doing? I appreciate you for having me too, Boss, man. We got an <laughs> audience. <laughs> audience is growing. We got Daisy in the house. Thank you very much for being here, taking the time. Thank you very much. Uh, we met in 2015. You were doing music. You were fairly young and barely starting to get into the music industry. And we were doing a radio show back in the days. It was just an internet radio show. Have nothing to show for it because I didn't record nothing. <laughs> but uh, it's crazy. We've known each other for that for that time. Yeah, man. And it's I think it's cool to see the people that like you've dealt with years back still doing the same thing. You yeah, know? I think that's like a beauty in itself. Well, we hope we're doing better things and not the same thing. You keep pushing forward, such as your sure. music, your sound, and everything that goes. But we're gonna get to all that. First of all, we're gonna go ahead and do a segment that I like to call preguntas. If you have not subscribed to the channel, once again, what are you waiting for? So you can see the amazing graphics Carlos put together. Preguntas al Chile. Are you ready? Let's get it. Are you sure? Everybody yes, says that they know the words, they know the questions, but all of a sudden it's like, ah. Okay. Tacos or tortas? Tacos. Corn tortilla or flour tortilla? Flour. Gorditas o sopes? Gorditas. Mexican coca or jarrito? Jarritos. What flavor? Pineapple. Pineapple. Agua de horchata, Jamaica or tamarindo? Horchata. Horchata water. Salsa verde o salsa roja? Verde. Team taza verde all day, yes. Menudo pozole? Pozole. Churros o flan? Flan. Valentina, tapatio or cholula hot sauce? Or tabasco? Valentina. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> Conchas, the pastries, the brown ones, the white ones, or the pink ones. Which ones do you prefer? The white, the white ones. The white yeah. ones. Okay, this one's a little different. I don't know if you're into conspiracy theories or not. Okay. A conspiracy theory that when you heard, you'd be like, that has to be true. Anything pops into mind? Probably like the government listening in to people, you know? I guess like Big Brother, if you want to say. Like... Uh, I mean, uh, what's that guy that has to had to move that Snowden? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were listening. He yeah. knew about it. And it's still not, I don't doubt that even they they said that they're not listening. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, social media and all these are already listening. Yeah. Anytime you're out about it and you're talking to somebody about whatever it is, religion, a pizza, add a pizza, add for <laughs> going to church type of thing pops yeah. up. So. Yeah. I don't doubt that the government can even use their influence with those companies to be like, let me listen in. Yeah. What kind of release J Trey got going on? <laughs> okay. And uh, for you, when you first hear the word Latino, Latina or Latinx, what comes to mind? I think what comes to my mind is Latinos. I think of like the struggle we go through. Um, the opportunities, the same opportunities we don't have as others. Like, I always think about that when being Latino. Like, it's just as hard as what other races go through, you know? And I feel like, you know, we're treated as a minority sometimes. And that's just like, even in the rap game, you know? Right. I feel like we don't get that respect in, like, a lot of these places that we go to. But I mean, it could always be great in our own, you know, style or what we got to show. Yeah, we always uh, can uh, introduce our influence, our our heritage into the music and the sound. Yeah, and still we respect it as an MC yeah. if you do music mm -hmm. uh, to show like where you come from, and then just open up people's uh, eyes and ears to different things that they might not be accustomed to. For sure, but it has to do with your heritage, your you know your background, your ancestors. So. Yeah, 
and not just music, like movies too, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. So yeah. And I'm Honduran too, so I don't know I don't know if I mentioned that on the bio. Mexican Honduran. Ah, <laughs> a little hybrid. <laughs> Hey, even better because I didn't know that about you. Sure. So I learned something new. I yeah. knew that you were Mexican, and I recall from that part. But mm -hmm. it's even better if you, you know, mix with different things because it brings it brings different perspectives from different sure. places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, your background is not all Mexican, and other things that I might not know about mm -hmm. that I can learn because of the way that you were raised. I'll be like, oh wow, y'all be doing that like that, or y'all think about like y'all see things like this. Y'all don't see things like a Mexican or somebody from Mexican descent would look into it yeah mm -hmm. yeah maybe see it a little different yeah which is pretty cool and as far as you do you consider do you care if people call you latino do you prefer being latino do you care i don't know if there's a half yeah no I, I love being latino, latino. like uh, even if i'm like uh i guess if i have to show like my heritage you yeah. know i'll show it man i love it so honduras is from your half of from, from yeah. Honduras, really my, my dad's side your dad's side yeah san pedro sula really Yep. Okay, so tell me about that. Let's go ahead and start the interview. Uh, of course, I knew the. Uh, actually, I think I'm actually assumed that you were Mexican, or maybe I saw on the bio. Okay. But your mom's Mexican. My mom's Mexican. Do you know her journey to the states? How she got here? Has she's always been here, as far as you know? Or do you know she ever shared with you her journey here to the states? Yeah, she shared it to me, but it took time for that because yeah, there was a uh, a lot of stuff that I wasn't ready for to listen to. You know, gotcha. I was too young. But it's an amazing story, man. Like. When she told me, I was just like, man, like, I would have never thought that this woman went through so much hardship, you know? So uh, seeing her struggle, like, pushed me to who I am today, you know? Like, okay. Without uh, being too invasive or too much detailing about her journey, can you kind of give us a little bit of a version of what it took for her to get here? So she was actually, her her like my older sister mm -hmm. her father was like the cart in the cartel and all that gotcha so she got put in that bunch and had to get out when she got out she fled to dallas because mm -hmm. that's where a lot of my her uh, brothers went to gotcha and he sold drugs so she knows a lot a lot about everything you know growing up i could never hide anything from her because I, I i know what that is like, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. you can't play me dumb so she was actually involved in selling? No, she was never involved in it. Okay. But when she left, uh, he was getting raided. So that's when she, she was like, this is my chance to go and like leave this man, you know, start a new life in the United States, just like every immigrant. And she decided to grab a duffel bag of weed and take it. Really? Yeah. Didn't know what to do with it. She was like, man, I have it now. I know it's worth something. Let me give it to some people. Maybe they'll sell it, distribute mm -hmm. it, give me a little bit. I'm like, wait, so you were a drug dealer? <laughs> like, oh, Without wanting man. to, right? Without she, wanting to, yeah, we, for sure. She knew that there was value of that, mm -hmm. even though she didn't realize it. And for she sure. saw that she was going to need funds mm -hmm. to keep you keep it going. Yeah. So you were not in the picture yet at that time. No, I wasn't. Wow. And uh, came four years later, and uh, she's just lived her life here ever since, man. Awesome. What about yeah. your dad from Honduras? My Did dad from Honduras is a different story, man. He's, uh, he's not around anymore. Got you. Uh, he decided to take the drinking route uh, and yeah. lose uh, everything that he had here. Yeah. So last uh, 10 years, he was, he's was he been over there. But yeah. he passed away not too long ago. I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, okay. It's unfortunate even not only Mexicanos, but the Latino culture, we struggle a lot with alcohol. Sure. Alcoholism, mm -hmm. and it's a serious thing. And uh, it's crazy that we have to be very careful sometimes whether, you know, it's cool. I. I feel kind of funny sometimes where our people is every weekend drinking and things like that, which, again, teach their own life. Mm -hmm. But I don't see any path of anything good out of it yeah. besides a short-lived moment of happiness, you can say, but really masking whatever feeling they're going through instead yeah. of real problem situations that they could face, mm -hmm. uh, which it hurts. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it feels really nice to go through them. But at the end of the day, whenever they do that, it's, it's better for them health-wise. And then the alcohol, it's not so much, you know. Sure. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So again, I'm very sorry for your loss, but this is uh it's wild to me that you're from Honduras. You have Honduras too. Yeah. That your parents have you ever uh, looked into that particular heritage side or how Hondureños function? Yeah. Uh, but as far as going, like yeah. I've never gone. I've gone to Mexico, just mm -hmm. never Honduras, man. I always hear bad things about it, but there's like always a beauty to you know the ugly. So I'm pretty sure there's 
like nice parts in Honduras. I hear people that uh, maybe are not from a particular country or maybe the two generations down the line, mm -hmm. they're from a certain place. Yeah. But when they go back to wherever they're originally from, their people, mm -hmm. they feel a, a certain connection, a certain, like, oh, wow, this is familiar. Or sure. this is like something that is part of my heritage, you know, my people yeah. there were here before that they used to roam around here. And yeah. I, I felt I felt that when I was in uh, Cancun and Tulum, all those like ancient, yeah. you know, buildings and stuff. Like, you, I felt that man. Like, you just feel like you you were there before, you know. At you some point, it's, I don't know, some weird connection. Uh, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, I believe you. I believe you that some things are not explainable, but the sense of feeling mm -hmm. in there, those weird, strange, unfamiliar feelings, but familiar in that yeah. space, you'd be like, what is this? Yeah. That's crazy. And you can feel that way about people too. Yeah. Like someone you've never met and like you just meet them for the first time. You're like, I feel like I know you already. Like, you know, you ever have people like so, that? So, yeah, I have a theory about that. <clears throat> so we started with the human, the modern human race. Eventually we started with two people, right? Okay. So eventually down the line, we go on thousands of, we talk about 200 to 300,000 years of reproducing and making humans to 8,000, right? Okay. What's not to say that down the line, 50, 60 generations, y'all were related somehow. And y'all yeah. just veered <laughs> off. And it might be your cousin, long lost cousin or somebody like that. They would be like related to you that you know each other. I never thought about that. It just things that <laughs> come to mind sometimes that are kind of weird. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's logical, right? We started with two and then it just, we merged into eight billions sure. and down the line somewhere, it might be that weird distance relative that you didn't realize that you had or, you know? Yeah. And even the demeanor, the the connection. I know what you mean. I was like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know you. Where yeah, are you yeah. from? So, uh, where is your mom from? What area in Mexico? Uh, what is? What is? Yeah. What is Chihuahua? Chihuahua. 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 <laughs> Do you talk like that? You no, I don't. Talking Spanish? My mom doesn't either. Really? Yeah, no. We're like, nah, we don't talk like that, you know? <laughs> At uh, Tawa the Trio, a homie Tawa the Trio, he was here. He's from Chihuahua. Yeah. And he never realized that he talked like that until okay. he walked. He worked at a place, uh, I think it was in Austin, where he was talking like that. And all, all his coworkers were not from there, and they realized. So I'm yeah. like, they'll give you, they'll, like, they'll, they'll give you so much. Uh, he wasn't taking it like bad thing, but he that at that moment he realized like, yeah. oh damn, we really do be talking like that. Yeah. And there's only certain areas, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's amazing that that uh, the history and your mom having to go through that struggle and everything yeah. and making you realize that you of all the crazy things that you went through for you to be able to be and, and go forward with some more for sure okay let's talk about the uh your name itself i think it's a play on on your actual real name yes is that what it is how, yeah. did, how did it come about so for like the longest time i think when even when i first met you i went by jay and yeah. just jay yeah and uh i met one of my mentors he was like you can't go by J, man. You, too you, many J's. Yeah, too many J's. You're going to have J-Z, J-Cole, J. Like, you can't be referenced as them. You got to have your own um, uh -huh. trademark, your own stamp. So, for a while, you know, it just came to me, J-Trey. And I'm like, it, it sounds good. Like, just J-Trey. And it's quick, you know, J quick Trey. and fast. Just J-Trey. J-Trey. So, how, how many, how long, how, how many years, how many months was it before you actually decided to go with it? Was there any other runner-up names for you? Little something is always popular too. Little J, <laughs> little little J Frost. Yeah. Nah. Um. To be honest, no. I, I just wanted J just be just because it was me. You know, I didn't want to be something else. I, yeah. I wanted something to be as closely as closely as myself. You know, I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Well, it is real close to what your name is, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you were being called Jay before. Mm -hmm. When did yeah. they, Jay? Yeah, take, yeah. Your in family is called you Jay. Oh, yeah, yeah. In high school, it started in high school. People just call me uh, Jay. Yeah, but my family gonna call me Flaco. You know, <laughs> all skinny. It's all the obvious. flaquito. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, that didn't come till I was making music for like a good ten years before that name came to me, man. Really? Yeah, hey, Trey. So. It does roll out of the tongue, and it does kind of reference to who you are, your actual name, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's dope. Okay, so tell me how did you got into the uh so you were in the garage, remember playing with CDs, playing with different things like that as far as like music and being around that, but cassette tapes too. Yeah. But when was it that you realized that it was music was something that you wanted to do? What were your first earlier influences as far as hip hop and, and rap? 
Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Man, like, I got too many influences, man. And not just rap and hip-hop, like, Mexican music influences me. Like, even house music, like, you know? I never closed myself to a certain genre. So, So growing up, the tapes, the first two tapes that I ever bought were at a garage sale. Yeah. And they were MC Hammer and Michael Jackson. For real? Yeah. And then my mom's like, ¿Por qué quieres comprar esa música? Like, why do you want to listen to that mm-hmm. rap stuff? Like, you know, who showed you that? Nobody showed her. Like, it's not even rap. Like, you know, this is Michael Jackson. It's, it's not even rap. And uh, when I played it for the first time, man, I was like, man, this is awesome. And you know, them little uh, cassette players that you should yeah. take? Walkman. Yeah. yeah, Walkman. That's, man, I already forgot. It's been so long. <laughs> Used to have one of those and just walk around elementary school listening to those two tapes, man. Those first, two tapes. First, very first two tapes. And I just got them at a garage sale because they look cool. I was like, man, this guy's got a tiger in the background. I got to listen to this. Yeah. Literally. Like, man, I always looked up to that. Like, just, I guess, albums and how their art looks because that's what attracts people to the mm, music, you know? Okay. So, so what, once you heard those music and realized that people can do that, what else kept kept coming up as far as you wanted to listen to more um, and of course the art seeing the art so i used to be a dancer dancer as far as break dancing break dancer pop in gotcha. all that stuff that's why i got really close to miko because mm. miko i liked what miko did and what he had to do let me shout out miko if you're listening we wouldn't be here without him but um yeah right uh shout out to the homie <laughs> but yeah i started dancing and i think that's where my Fear of like being on the stage, I got away, and I feel like that's where I got my rhythm too. So a lot of that helped me be who I am today, man. You know. So you you didn't even do music in the beginning. You were doing more of the actual dancing first. Yeah, and this was early, like two thousand, like five to like two thousand eight. And were you? Uh, did you get a stage fright often? Stage fright. Uh- Kind of, yeah, sort of, or yeah. Not I, always, I, I always got stage fright before going on stage anywhere I went, but uh, dancing helped me out with, with yeah. that a lot, man. Yeah. What it What it feel to be dancing and be out there as far as like, um, I guess the you feel people's energy, like, and they're ready to see you. So like, people who are natural performers are gonna want to go for that, you know. That Do you feeling. feel that connection whenever you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Every definitely. ever since the first time. Ever since the first. You time. remember the first time you actually went to dance? In front of people? Yes. It was a, quince- it was a quinceanera. And, were um, you doing cadet dancing or just different type of dancing? No, we're doing like, we're doing all. Like, we're doing the cadet and then we would do the baile sopresa, mm-hmm. uh, the surprise dance. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Just, that, I, to be honest, it's not necessarily like uh, something I can remember that far back. But I just remember like being nervous, doing the dance and just being glad it was over, man. <laughs> Because you know how it is, man, oh, dancing man. in front of a bunch of people, you know. Random strangers, they're just yeah. looking at you, hoping that, that you don't fall or trip or something. No, or drop the keys and yeah. There was some stuff that happened like that too, man. Wow. Yeah, th- that happened. So that kind of builds you up for doing the performance. You realize that all of a sudden you performing is something that you like Yeah, at that time. Really? So you just kept doing it and do it. Mm-hmm. When did the music come to be as far as you wanted to begin to write i know you were writing before right so i freestyled a lot you freestyled. like even at those quinceaneras i'd be freestyling with my friend over hip-hop beats we we're listening to and yeah, uh, on, the, on the table just yeah going just in. listening to the beats rapping over them and i finally met um somebody named michael mm-hmm. and michael's uh, artist and he kind of shed the way for music like how to become an artist or how to say your lyrics yeah and everything and so i looked up to him and he's like, hey, man, I know you freestyle. Start writing your stuff. Like, mm. how old are you? And I was like, 14. And he's like, when you're 18, by the, like, by the time we're done talking, when you're 18, you're going to be beast. And, you know, he always gave me that perspective. Like, never stop. Never stop, you know. So you were naturally 
good at picking up the beat and going with the beat, even freestyling at that time? Yeah, you most had, definitely. Nice. Yeah, that's good. Now I don't freestyle as much, so I'm losing that little, you know, more of a writer now. But I still like to, you know, it's okay. fun. And what what do you remember at all your first song that you actually began to start writing? How did that feel as far as the difference of you just writing compared to just freestyling? I was like, man, this is whack. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this is whack. And I hadn't hit puberty at the time. Yeah. So I sounded like a little kid. So I would just be like, man, I can't put this out. You know, I I made music before I hit puberty. So I was like, man, I can't, I can't put this out. You man. sounded very, I uh, sounded very young, man. Sounded childish. Childish. Child, child, child. young cat. And <laughs> easy, easy. You sounded, can hear it. Yeah. Kind of like that? Yeah, kind of like easy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when is it that you finally, after I'm, I'm guessing you never gave up on it. If, even if the first record wasn't right, like good, good. Yeah, you didn't sure. really stop doing it. You just exactly. kept maybe working it. Yep. Did you keep writing? I kept writing. Um, I would carry a thesaurus in high school. And I would just kind of like flip through each page, stop, look for the word of the day, learn a new word really? to put into my music. Yeah. Just And like my friends can vouch for it, man. Hey, you used to read with the thesaurus in high school, weirdo. <laughs> so you used to carry the thesaurus where did the idea of started carrying the thesaurus come, come about my English teacher she was just like you should put more or I guess a better vocabulary in your you know don't use this word change it for another word you so know? on one of your sessions one of your sessions or school sessions mm -hmm. she told everybody to no she told me specifically because I was because she heard my music uh, like hey listen to this she's like oh you cuss too much <laughs> and she's like uh, use why don't you get a thesaurus and like Try to change the word, you know, make it a more prolific word, you know. I was like, okay, I'll try it out. Man, there's a thesaurus kicking in the prolific word. Yeah, right. That's dope. Yeah. Okay, so you kept working at it. Uh, what kept you wanted to keep doing it, though? Even though, again, you not so good the first one, got to carry a thesaurus. And then what kept you keep pushing to keep doing it? Uh, one of these producers I was working with, his mm -hmm. name is Blase. And, uh, I remember Blase, the name. Yeah, Blase? Yeah. Okay. Blase... We grew up together and we made this like duo where the music was just fire, bro. And it got better and better. People were recognizing it. And I felt that I, I couldn't stop. If I stop now, it's all for nothing, you know? Okay. When was, tell me about your first uh, studio session. Was it an actual studio? Was it a home studio? And how was the feeling of you actually going through the process of, learning how to record the first time, and then the feeling of whenever you heard your voice come through. So it was at Blase's friend's house. Uh -huh. It was the first time I met Blase. He brought a microphone over, and we set it up in the closet. We just started recording, man. Had fun. Yeah. He really liked what I had, and I liked what he had. We just clicked. So you, have you ever recorded previously before? Yeah. Oh no, that was our very first time. That was time. your very first time. Yeah, in the closet, we thought we were all, you know, the, we uh, were all the called? bomb and all that. A uh, hustle and flow type with the closet with the pad. Was there any padding? No, <laughs> just the, the mic. The clothes. The clothes was our padding. You know. Later on, we started using pillows and stuff uh, <laughs> to kind of like uh, use it for sound. Yeah, That's block it. Crazy. Yeah. And okay, so what about the first time you actually got in the mic and sp was spitting something, and then you heard it back? How did that feel? Yeah, I, I didn't like it. At all? At all, man. I you was were still like, young. Yeah, I was still young. And uh, I was just like, man, I'm not comfortable with it. <laughs> it's just the sound. The sound, yeah. Because you still sounded like you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. When was it that you finally, of course, I'm guessing you started, who was mixing, mastering, or even? He was doing everything. Who was? Blase. Blase was? Blase was doing everything. Was he, uh, what did he learn how to do stuff like that? Himself. Just like playing so, around with it. So Blase, when we were in high school, they asked him when he was 15 or 16, what do you want for your birthday? You want a car or do you want a studio? Okay. And he's like, well, I live down the street from high school, so why don't I just get the studio? And uh, he just got the studio. He didn't have a car for years when we were in high school, but it was a sacrifice that helped both of us, man. Really? Yeah. So all the time that you were in high school, y'all were over there making music? Making, but we didn't go to prom. We were making music. You were making music. Yeah. People were like calling me on the cell. Where you at, man? We're out here having fun. And I'm at the studio, man. Let me know about the after parties. We'll pull up. <laughs> really? Yeah. What, what drove y'all to keep doing that? I'm mean, again, I, I know it's the love of it, but really? Just yeah. that that yeah. passion for the, the passion, music? passion, man. And it's like we shared that passion together. Like he liked music. I loved music. We both loved it, you know? 
So it's just the passion, man. Really? Yeah. When was it that y'all, your very first project that y'all got out or that you got out by yourself as far as, so, so I don't know if y'all still good with Blase or mm -hmm. y'all, you know, made y'all separate ways. Yeah. But uh, when was it that you actually began to just continue your journey with music and create your own project? So I made my very first project with him and it was mm -hmm. our mixtape. Mm -hmm. And I want to say after the second mixtape, I branched off on myself. And I started meeting, uh, like, different engineers, different producers, started performing at different places. Right. But we always stayed friends, you know? But, like, we grew apart, you know? People grow apart, so. What was the first mixtape call for your? Vaso Congestion. Huh? Vaso Congestion. And what does that mean? <laughs> it's like when you uh, get blue balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> the okay. scientific term. Scientific term for the it? scientific term. I didn't even and know it was... was uh... Scientific term yeah. for it. And I, I called it that because it was something that I was like, man, this is, I'm not going to give it all. I'm just going to give you all like blue balls for the music. Ah. <laughs> I was young, man. Hey, but you still, you were getting witty with it. Even yeah. if, if it was, you could have put put that out there for shock value, right? Mm -hmm. But it was like, what is it like? I make me want to ask, like, what sure. is that? And then what the meaning means is like, we're just going to tease you with a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. Here's the mixtape. Yep. First one. For sure. And then the second one? Second one was called Tunnel Through the Air. Tunnel and Through the Air. It's a book that I read at the time, so it really inspired me. And then What was the book about? The book was about like almost like a let's say like a wormhole almost. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to go through it. Like what ha what would happen, you know? But that's all it's all scientific theory and stuff. Oh, we yeah. really don't know what happens. So In other words, <clears throat> just guessing. Just guessing to see what happens if you go through a wormhole if maybe you come out the other side. <laughs> right. Maybe you come out to another dimension. Yeah. Maybe you don't even make it other other way. You just <laughs> yeah. deteriorate within going into the wormhole. Yep. I like all this stuff. Me too, man. I like to look into all this yeah. uh scientific Which is all guess and stuff, which is cool that they I don't have the title to call myself a scientist, but I can come up with theories as far as what could happen and exist or whatever the case might be. But it's just all crazy guesses that we just little by little go and making little progress on things like knowing dark matter, knowing wormholes, knowing um, just a galaxy itself, yeah. you know, how it gravitates around what it is, knowing about different universes, universes, not universe, universes, yeah. and then how it's, did you ever think about, did you ever think and ponder the word of infinite as far as our universe and really thinking and realizing and pondering that it never stops? No. I no. do. It's always growing. It's, well, I, well, I do think about it. Yes, yeah. I do. But it's just, yeah, it's infinite universe. And to think that there's an, another alternate universe of yourself, you know? <laughs> see, I don't know about that one, but I heard of it too. But I don't see that it could not be a possibility. Because I feel like everything's possible. I really do. For sure. I really feel multi-universe. Uh, what about your dreams? So your dreams the other day, weird. Okay, so the other day I was wondering, what if it, that is the time that you go and live your other, on, the, on your other universe, the other part of your universe, wherever you're the uh, equivalent of or the opposite of the universe that you go to and that's, sure. that's what happens I got a cool story about a dream my okay. my aunt she ha she had a dream that my sister had a kid and my sister was 16 she was like we're like no there's no way yeah my uh, three four months later she's pregnant we're like what we're like what that's crazy and then I want to say three four about five years later, uh, she's like, hey, I had a dream that she's got twins. No way. Boom, she has twins, man. But this is a phone call at like midnight. Oh, I'm having to freak out. Is she pregnant? No, she's not pregnant. Two times, man. See, that's what I'm telling you. Like, I don't know what dreams me. I really don't. But the other day I was pondering what would it be. And to me, it would be like another life that you're living in another universe mm -hmm. type of stuff. Yeah. That could be a possibility that, you know, because sometimes you feel like you wake up either too tired or yeah. don't want to get tired or uh, don't want to wake up because you want to keep living that life For until sure. you have to come back. <laughs> yeah. And then there's people that use experimental uh, like uh, drugs and stuff that they take 
that uh, I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast. Shout out to Joe Rogan. If you see me, what's up, bro? Coming yeah, after Joey. you. Ah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joey. So he was saying that this gentleman took some kind of drug, very potent drug that 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 kicked in really fast. Okay. And he took him into a place where he was actually, he was only gone for about 15, 10 minutes. But that dude was literally living another life in another place at wow. that time. Okay. And when he came back, and we actually came back from that trip, he said that that fool was kind of upset because he he left the whole other life behind and he wanted to go back. Does he know how long he was gone for? He was gone for about 15 minutes. I think he afterward, they... No, like, know. does he know how long he was gone for in there? Like I don't recall, but it felt like it was like years. years. Wow. That it was not like one moment. It was yeah. like a long, long time. Wow. That's and that makes me think of the dreaming part of maybe you're living your life here, mm-hmm. whatever this is. Or maybe in this reality, I'm awake, but the other reality, I'm asleep. Yeah. Waiting for me to wake up and <laughs> so forth, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just trippy things that you makes you want to think. But that stuff about your tia, that's crazy. Yeah. How like, did she do it? You can't explain that You stuff. can't explain it. No. Like, how? How? Like, even if we go to scientists and have her analyze her brain, scan her brain and mm-hmm. things like that, like... You can't test like it. Like, miracles? Okay. I believe in miracles. Oh, I believe sure. miracles, certain things happen. Uh, ghosts? I don't know what ghosts are, but I believe they're around certain energies. I don't know what it is. But I, if anybody was to tell me certain things about that, I wouldn't question that that is a possibility. That something that it's unexplainable that you really can't take it to scientists that they can't even understand or they can't even put it into words what it is. Because yeah. to them, it doesn't align with the books and the things that they've been reading and things like that. You know, certain times they want to stick with the scientific method, the you know, the theories that they have and want to live off of that and not ponder on different things it could be a possibility sure i'm pretty sure some do but it's probably front upon the scientific establishment yeah so a lot of times they wouldn't but they will be like well you're crazy lady there's just luck well anything that can be recorded or tested is usually like disproven you know it's not real to people so but i'm saying yurtia do that (laughs) and even if they took her it would happen twice yeah unexplainable unexplainable yeah no, miracles the people that come back and they were gone and unexplainable yeah. I have no idea why that's crazy so your first project and then why is it that you off to to start doing your your solo thing and then exploring in the music industry with different producers what uh did you just wanted to have a different sound did you want to grow as an artist what what drove you that direction yeah it's just like with people you work with man you just you know one day you work with them the next time you're working somewhere else and that's just how it happened but we still see i see him hey what's up man you know he's came to some of the shows nice it's, it's all love man when was your first official solo show that you did ever and who was it with as far as mm-hmm. artist headliners well first solo show i did was at a sushi bar really yeah a long time ago where uh, Addison. Addison. Yeah. Remind me of the venue because I might yeah, I'd have even been there. It's right off of Dallas North. No, is it yeah, Tollway, right? Is it, but it's... Was it Fusion or something like that? No, nah, I don't think no. it was called Fusion. It, the the DJ booth was at the very top. I remember the you place. Remember that? I remember the okay. place. Yeah, that's the place. But I don't remember what it was, but I remember exactly what you're talking about because yep. I went there. Yep. I went there. And they had shows there. It's they crazy. Yeah, the, and the guy really liked us. And he's like, man, we'll let you perform. He let us perform. That was our very first show ever, man. Yeah. Yeah. And How the- did you feel? Quick break to let you know. Thank you very much for being here. We appreciate it. I know you know that it helps us whenever you subscribe. Hit the like button and comment. Help us out. We appreciate it very much. And now back to the episode. Yeah. And How the- did you feel? Amazing. Because, yeah. like, all your people were there like to support you and... I guess the finally feeling like you belong, you know, after yeah, so long, just because, yeah. you know, do so many things and like you don't get that support. But like when you finally do get that support, people come out for you. It's, it's amazing, man. Where did the people, did you get those people as far as were they just your friends? Were people that just yeah, really people liked people I them? knew. Yeah. People, everyone I knew that just wanted to come out and support. How many people you think you yeah, took that day? Like, 30 people. Yeah. Yeah. The promoters like that, though. Yeah, I know. milking that. I know. Then that's what he was... I think that's why he liked us, was because <laughs> we brought yeah, people. Got 30 people. <laughs> yeah. And they were spending, so... They were spending, You yeah. were young, though. You were still 18, no? Yep. I was 16, 17. And he was still letting you in? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang. That's crazy. But that's why he liked y'all. Yep. 
Call, he he compared me to Drake though, so I don't know about that one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess during that time he saw something that okay. you were uh, maybe the voice, the sound, the performance, the yeah. because you were already dancing previously before, so mm-hmm. you already know how to manage the crowd, yeah, not to be shy whenever you're on stage, how to move. For sure. Uh, we talk about the some of the awards you gotten before that reason mm-hmm. because you're actually kind of you know you're an entertainer. Yeah, you know they you need to put a show. People are. The energy part, I, I never heard of it before, but I can see how people that like to entertain people get get fueled by that yeah. to be able to, especially when people are interacting, they're screaming, yeah. and you're there, and you're hyping them up, and you hear them screaming, and, and you command the crowd, you tell them to do something, and they do it, yeah. like, just to be part of that moment, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. That's crazy. So the uh, very first big artist that I ever opened up for was yeah. D-Baby, yes. and this was last year. How did that come about? Because you were one of the Latinos that was highlighted for that performance, right? Yeah. So, pretty much someone just gave in the good word. Someone put in a good word for me and uh, told me I could bring a crowd in. You know, like you said, man, they like that. So, I've been getting a lot of shows lately because of that. You know, just following down the line, kind of domino effect. Do you feel that... Because I used to do shows too before when I was diving into music and bring people in. But after that... Your people can only support you for so long before sure. they get kind of tired sure. of every single time mm-hmm. going out there and seeing you perform the same okay. show. Yep. Are you are you running into that, or do you wait to maybe here and there have a special like D Baby is pretty is a pretty big deal. Yep. He's he's coming up. He's got great numbers. He's sound and everything comparisons that they're comparing him to. I mean, I think the biggest Latino artist right now, as far as music, is. Uh, that Mexican OT and D-Baby as yep. far as numbers. Yeah, I saw them. Shout out so, both of them. So how do you keep people just keep wanting to support you and show up for you and not just the artists, the bigger artists? So uh, I've gotten to a point where I kind of just let the, put out the flyer and then people will contact me. Like, mm. hey man, never been to your shows. I like your stuff. And they'll come out and support, man. That's dope. Yeah. So I try not to, I try not to invite, you know, the same people over and over again. Cause like you said, you know, people get burnt out. Whether you want it or not, you got to be able to know how to handle the mic, how to grab the mic properly, yep. and how to be able to interact with people that they connect with you. Because yep. you're spinning whatever it is that you're doing because you have a dream, you have a song, you think it's hot. It's not going to be everything yeah. to people that are watching. For you to gain yourself a, a maybe a fan or two, it's just not going to work for you. No. It's better whenever you do it the way you do it, that you able you have confidence enough to be able to do the people that support you know what the business is that you're going to be there conducting business sure. and entertain them and then entertain everybody else is there and they see it. Yeah. And it's a big difference. That's why Cruz knows. He used to actually, did you know that Cruz used to make music too? I didn't. Yeah. Dang. And his brother used to make music. Mano a Mano Records back Damn. in the days way in Pittsburgh. I always remembered him as a radio host. Oh, he's still the guy. He's still on the morning show even getting bigger. Nice. Uh, morning show doing great great things. Always out there every single weekend on an event too. For sure. Shout that out dude, Jay Cruz. Shout man. out Jay Cruz. Homie is always on it, on point. Uh, you know, things that I needed for my two year anniversary. He sent me a video with the gear and everything. That's He's so super up. supportive. So super up. supportive guy. Always out in the community, always doing things. And he knows about the industry. So for him to come to you and acknowledge that part is very significant because he knows. All the other stuff is cool, but it's just not as effective. If you were taking your craft serious. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. It sounds bad. But I'm pretty sure the other individuals might not even last a couple more years. Because you can only maintain it so long. Because every week, the same people that come. Yeah. Burn them out. And there won't be a, you by yourself before you know it. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool though. And uh, after that, what other show have you done? I know you've done Legends. You, Tom Tom. DSR one time, right? Yeah, that was, was that? A, that was the last show we did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Big Tug, Tom Tom. What was that at? What venue? A Green Elephant. What was the one with D Baby at? Uh, that one's at Rodeo West. Rodeo you know the West. spot? Yes. I've and ne- Fort Worth, right? I think so. It was, it was a little distant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've never been there. It was a pretty cool club. They yeah. got like a whole section for people to sit up on top. Uh, yeah. Pretty dope. So, and then Green Elephant. Green Elephant. DSR. DSR. They do what the reunion or what? What are they doing there? They they had a show for uh, a manager that we knew or that I used to know, yeah. and he pretty much booked them. And he was like, "Hey, we need you to open up." Gotcha. And through that, um, we got Tum or Tum Tum, I guess, noticed the performance. And he contacted me on Instagram. He did, yeah. Wow. And he was like, um, "This work." So Tum Tum sent me a beat. 
I'm working on it. Well, sent it back. Said it's, it's nice. So we just got to get it together. So you're in the works for getting a song with Tom Tom, and he's the one to reach out to you because yes, he liked what you were doing. Yeah, shout and out to that Tom was Tom. in the Green Elephant. Yep. How did that one situation come about for for you to perform? Uh, so like I said, the manager that um, I used to work with, uh, he booked them, and he kind of just said, "Hey, we need you to perform with us." Okay. Yeah. So he already knows your work. He already yeah. knows how you do, mm-hmm. and how you handle business. Yep. And then put you on. Put me on, man. Yeah. How so, was that show? It was amazing too. So. Uh, a lot of people came out to support. Huh. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like right as soon as I was like done performing, it got a little more. It got a little empty, man. Like yeah. a lot of people, cause it was late. It was on a Sunday. Uh, people were like, I'm trying to go home after after the performance. Yeah, <laughs> it can be like that sometimes, but um, it was it was amazing, man. I I think being getting Tuck or getting a Tum Tum. To contact me was like the win for that night, man. Oh yeah, sure. most definitely, and it's understandable. Uh, again, you have to be uh, you have to be selective on the shows that you do. Yep. Those are good shows. Okay. Uh, for other artists that are coming up, don't get me wrong; it's great that you are able to practice if you're up and coming to be out there and be able to work your craft. Yeah. But yourself, such as being seasoned, somewhat being able to do it, it's got to be selective as far yeah. as the ways you do because. You know, something came out of it. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about people charging for you to perform or sell tickets for you to be able to perform? Because I'm pretty sure you ran into those situations before. Yeah. Uh, people like ask me to pay money to perform, and I, I just I can't do it. Like if we if we're gonna do a show together, let's do it together. If I'm gonna sell tickets for you, we're both gonna make money. Does that make sense? So yeah. I'm gonna bring people, make a little money off the end of it. And you'll make a little money off of the end of it. We both eat. And it's a mutual thing, man. Because a lot of artists out here just don't do that. You know, they'll sometimes pay the fee. Nobody will come out to see them. It's just not a good performance, you know? Yeah. So, so have you ever paid for any? Have you been pressured that you feel it was no, worth the pay? Never. Yeah? Never. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. Because yeah. it is true. It's really a very short-lived. There's better ways for you to invest your money than that. It's just, like, again, you maybe get one or two people that will follow you. But if you, you're not a good showmanship, yeah. if you don't have a good set, if you don't even have your music correctly produced, yeah. then it's going to sound horrible. And then your your hands over here with the mic, like a foot away, and it's just not going to work they, for you. They, they have asked me to um, like pay to perform, and it's for big people, like MGK, Bone Thugs. Um, can't remember who the third one was. I, I felt whenever I was doing music, it was never worth it. For sure. I, I think one of the times that I did was for a radio station, but that was because we were going to be included in all the promotional. Okay. So it made sense, and we were going to be on a pretty good time whenever we were going to be out there. Yeah. And the as far as and a, and a booth to sell merch. Yeah. And uh, a, a good amount of set, like so everything, all that was included within that. Okay. So for the amount that I felt it was worth the publicity mm-hmm. and it was worth the fact that I could make some money still, even if I spend some money yeah. to recoup it back. For sure. But sometimes uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't, they're not supposed to pay for promotion. Cause that's what it is at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah. You're promoting yourself. It's just, you got to pick which one's going to work for you. Cause yeah. otherwise it's going to be a bad investment at the end of the it day. Is. I felt that one was pretty all right. Even though I don't, looking back, I don't have the footage for sure for it. Okay. Which would be more significant. We were open up for Snow the Product back in the day. So, wow. You see what I mean? Yeah. Did you, did you make connections through that? Like, did it help your journey? From Not, where really. You're at to, Not really. Because everything was gone from that time. For but sure. it was a cool moment. For sure. And I got a picture with her. Experience. experience. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just experience that we had in the music business that it just depends on how you want to work it. You yep. know what I mean? You sure. have your own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not against the idea of investing or for the promotion part. Yep. But now the world has changed in 2023 as far as the way you do things. Yeah. So you just got to be different. But the showmanship, to be able to good put a good show, is you can't teach that. Yeah. It takes years for you to be doing it, to be able to be do, getting good at performing for sure. and being acknowledged for it. In fact, you actually got a couple of awards, right? Uh, you Music Live. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, You Music Live. Okay. So tell me about that. How how did it happen? How did they nominate you? You won two years in a row for live performance, mm-hmm. correct? 
Yeah, so the first one I won because I was I had a sling on. I had broke my arm or my collarbone and uh I still performed. Are you like serious? I was up there jumping with my people with my arm like this. <laughs> so they're like, we gotta give it to him, you know? Really? Yeah. And out of how many acts was that? I think like fifteen. Out of fifteen acts yeah. you were able they gave you bunch. the award. Yeah. And there's been so many because I do the you music shows a lot, like you music, uh shout out you music and Anthony, the guy who runs it. Guy. He has done a lot for me. That's in the past like five years, six years that we've known each other. Gotcha. So he's helped me get to where I'm at now, show wise as well. Like he'll he'll tell me if I have a booger in my nose, you know what I mean? He's that kind of person, like those are the kind of people you need to have in your life, man. But she if you see your significant other with something in their face, <laughs> it's not rude to tell them politely, hey. Tell hey. Them. Tell them. You got something in your eyes. Take but it not even your significant. You got your, one of your friends. You one know? of your homie. A, a if your homie is your homie. A coworker. It don't even you, matter. If your homie is a good homie to you and they'll, if you have food in your cheek, <laughs> if you have cilantro in your teeth, they'll tell you, hey, you got a piece of cilantro. Hey, real uh, discreet too. And I'm like, hey, you got a piece of cilantro. <laughs> no, not like that. Talking about like, hey, you got a piece of cilantro in your teeth. I'd oh, rather okay. you tell me than me finding out. Don't call me out of the At least for me, it's like, hey, can you tell me discreetly? Hey, bro, you got a piece of cilantro in your Oh, okay, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Bro. Where, where? Did I get it? Like, are you good? That's a friend. Yeah, for sure. That's a for friend. Sure. So he's been helping you out? Yeah, he's been helping me out. And uh, he's felt like there's been times where I performed and he's like, we don't want to let J Trey win because it's going to seem like I'm the, it's favoritism and all yeah. that. So I kind of just show love by helping doing the shows every now and then, man. Oh, People are like, man, you should have won that show. Man, you should have won that one. I'm like, man, it's not even about that, you know? That's pretty Just cool. come here to perform. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, let's go back a, a little bit on the uh, process for you to make music. Okay. Uh, I missed out on that earlier. For you to make music, as far as your process, so you used to freestyle, you write. Yep. Uh, do you select the beat first? Do you have a group of producers that send you beat packages? Do you have your own producer that you go to already? Do you go to selecting the beat and then go into it? Or do you go with an idea of a song and then the producer puts it together and you create a song? How, do, how does your process? So the first two are mm. like my to-go processes. Uh, producers will send me beat packs like Kay Fisher. Uh-huh. Kay Fisher works with Larry June. You know Larry June? No. No? He's got a like West Coast uh, gotcha. con- uh, rapper. and. Uh, so a lot of a lot of West Coast beats, Beat Plug Bizzle and Third Lion are two other producers that I work with gotcha. closely, and they're from Dallas. What we'll do is we'll get together, and we'll just be chilling, uh, crank some uh, drum kits. Somebody will make the melodies. I'm writing in the background, mm. and like that's like the best music that comes out man, yeah. when you're making it like from the scratch, you know. And where do you record now? Where who is your recorder? So I record several places. I have my own studio set up. So mm-hmm. if I need a setup wherever I need to, I, I record and I'll send it to my engineer, uh, A. Paul A. And uh, he gets me right. I met him at Grand Hustle yeah. at TI Studio like five or six years ago. Yeah, you have a picture on IG. Yeah. About it. Yeah. So I met him through that and we've been working ever since. So you've been... Uh... During that time, as far as your creation, is that how the process comes? So so you learn to even record your own music now. Yes. So is that something to save you funds for always going into the studio? Yeah, for or sure. creativity is running? You wake up from a dream and you want to get into the studio that record too, something? That too, man. Mm. Like you ever, you ever wake up and you just like, it's like the fuel, the fire. It's like the snaps are, are burning, they're going and... I feel like that's the best time for me to make music is like in yeah. the morning, man. That's why the, my the song is called 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Yeah, I woke up thinking about the beat. I fell asleep because I'm like, I got to work tomorrow. Fell asleep, woke up at 4, like, man, I got to write to that beat, man. I got to <laughs> write to that beat. Just start writing it and record it, send it out, get it mixed and mastered, all that. So you send it to your engineer who does everything else. You just give him the, you got your settings as far as what you prefer for yeah. your voice. Yeah. And then you shoot it out to him. For sure. He takes care of the rest. Yeah. Sometimes I'll send him a reference track. Yeah. So I know what I'm looking for. Otherwise, he's going to do whatever he wants to on the track. You got know? you. Which is cool because A. Paul A. works with uh, Duke Deuce. You know who Duke Deuce no. is? No. Another rapper out of Atlanta. The man stuff is, is fire, bro. But you you still have your own idea as far as where you want or how you want the song to do. But you still let him do his creative part as far as like putting it together and, and getting out the final product. For sure. And making sure it's it sounds up to par. Up to par. You mean yeah. the music standard of amongst the people that are already out there. Like the Drakes, yeah. the, 
the known rappers yeah, out making there. Making sure it's up to par. Yeah, the sound. What would you say your style, as far as your style of music, is? As far as people have said, you sound like this, or you sound like from here, or you sound like from there. Have you? You get anything? <laughs> yeah, Jay Rhodes. Jay Rhodes has told me that he's a Grammy Award winning producer yeah. from Dallas. Yeah. He told me I sound like the Mexican Logic. The Mexican Logic. <laughs> the Mexican Logic. Your flow is nice. Your Thank flow you. is. You know how to ride the beat. You know how to be able to deliver nicely. You have nice. I don't know if it's crazy punchlines, but you do flow everything nicely. Yeah, and and your your voice goes nicely with the beats every single time. For sure. And of course, it sounds really good. As far as you can tell, it wasn't recorded. Even if it was at your house, whenever it's sent to whoever it is that takes care of it, mm -hmm. it didn't sound like you came from. Oh, you recorded yourself. For sure. So that's good. That's Thank great. You. Thank you. Okay, so we're running very short on time. However, I appreciate you very much. What is the project that you have that you've been working on? Are you releasing singles only? Are you uh, working on something different as far as maybe just releasing singles for a certain amount of time? Mm -hmm. An EP or an actual album? So the album we're waiting for, but mm -hmm. we might have a couple projects in between. A couple singles, like the one with Tum Tum coming mm -hmm. out. And next year, working on a project called Mango Puree. And mango puree. Mango puree. Because who doesn't like mango? I love Think mango. about that. I love mango. I, I went around asking like a, a good like 20, 25 people like, do you like mango? You like mango? You like mango? Not one person said they didn't like mango, man. And what's the concept of that song? It's a whole, it's a whole project. Oh, it's so, a whole project. It's a whole project, yeah. So mango puree was inspired by Larry June, which is an artist. And he goes with oranges. Mm. So I wanted to go with the the mango. Yeah. So I might even add a little bit of tahine on there, you know, just to show the Mexican side of it. Nice. So yeah. Well, you already got the spice, bro. You already by <laughs> default mango con spice. <laughs> That's dope. Yep. So is that an, an EP? Yeah, that will be an EP, all produced by Kay Fisher. Mm. By a and single producer. When are you seeing to maybe that one coming out to into life? Next next summer. Next summer. Next summer. Yeah. So it takes a minute for you to get everything situated and, yeah, and the project I, to be out. I want to make sure everything has like the right attention and it's dropped at the right time. You know, gets yeah the right I guess amount of people to watch and see what's going on. You know? How long do you think it takes you to finalize the song that you said? And how much, if you don't mind me asking, the investment of that song before it's actually out into the masses? It depends on the song. Mm. Like I've spent thousands on like two songs you know and then i i showed it to somebody this was before i started uh using going through engineers i showed it to somebody or two different engineers i showed it to s1 and s1 was like this is dope but your voice is like under the track i need mm. to hear them leveled i was like man i'm paying like a thousand dollars over for this for these two songs yeah like, and i still didn't get that sound it was because i was going through one engineer And like we were talking about earlier, you know, you the want, second a ear, yep, the second, second set of ear ears for you to hear. Yeah, that so that helped me just kind of level up. Wow. Yeah. So even though it was thousands on the song, sometimes you felt like the second opinion was better, and that's just going through time of you. Nobody told you this before. Nobody. Everybody was saying it was amazing. It was great. You know. Is that because you think they were being friends or? No, they don't understand. They just don't understand. They don't understand. It. They don't hear it. You know. So you don't really blame them. They just no. haven't been in the. They don't have the ear yet developed. No. To be able to know that for sure. Some people will hear it. You mm -hmm. know, like people who make music are the ones who are going to hear it. So, ah, nice. Okay. Yeah. So after that, and then how long of a time does it take for you to get it right? Now, as far as as recording? far as just finalizing the song from beginning to end. Man, I could do a song in like thirty thirty minutes to an hour. You know, it's all about making sure I have the idea in my head and like performing it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's times where I'll record for three hours and I'm like, man, this is trash. Like, trash it. You know, it happens. It's part of the process. Yeah. You know? And then the other one, sometimes it could take you that time, but where actually you get it sent to the people that need to hear it and, and make it final, how long could that possibly take for you? A day. A day? Yeah. They're really good on it. So, and is there a lot of things that you have on the vault that you've been holding on still, or you just. Every part I, you get out, you just put it out. Nah, I got a lot in the vault. You still got a lot? A lot. Yeah. Why is that? Why are you saving them? I, I, I'm getting better. Uh -huh. At 4 a.m. is actually like the first release in a, in a minute. Yeah. So I'm getting better with it, man. Yeah. I'm getting better. Uh, why is, with people that know you for a long time, they kind of saw you, sort of seen you slow down a little bit in the music and being mm -hmm. more consistent. Yeah. Uh, is there something that happened as far as the music? Maybe falling out of love or personal things happened? For you, no. Uh, people think I people to the people who think I stopped making music. Yeah, I never stopped, man. 
Gotcha. Never stopped. You never Always. stopped making music. Never stopped. You just haven't put it out there to the masses, but it doesn't exactly. mean it hasn't been being made. I perform some of them. Yeah. And people are like, where's this song? Like, you know? So it's about that time. Yeah. So do you, you don't, as far as for you, the consistency of maybe releasing monthly, maybe releasing every two weeks, cons- consistently feed the masses, especially with yeah. the world, social media moving so fast, TikTok yeah. being a few seconds. Yeah. Do you feel that it's some kind of pressure for you to start releasing every consistently every month, every week, every two weeks, whatever the case might be, or not really? I guess it's just the pressure of making sure it gets the right attention. And I don't mm-hmm. want it to just be another song that gets thrown out the window. You know, I want to try to push it as much as I can. Do you feel you got the right formula now that everything that you have in the vault should have that already and it should be ready to go to the to the mask? Because do you know that uh, Ice Ice Baby? Yeah. He, he didn't like that song. There's certain songs that will go, but that you did and put effort. And there's a lot of cases of artists that have songs that that wasn't their favorite track. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the masses and people like those songs. Yep. Like so Beyonce he, and her uh, single ladies. She probably don't like the song, but she got to perform it every time. You see what I mean? So yeah. if you got the process and the attention and the correct way that you wanted it to sound, even though you might not feel like putting it out, it still do something for you. For especially sure. if you're doing distribution on your own and you don't have to worry about anybody else. For I, sure. I can still generate a couple pennies. No doubt. But I know an artist that releases every every month. Yeah. But I kind of started, he never told me, but I kind of sort of saw the math behind it. I'm like, if he generates a few thousand streams okay. and he has like 30 projects and they all generate a few cents mm-hmm. or even a dollar or two, yeah. it compounds to a good size of chunk by the time that three months pass by. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple hundred. But just having to put the project out there, telling people it's there and, and be consistent with it. For sure. To me, it felt like, oh, he never told me. Yeah. But I kind of sorted my mind. It's like, oh, that kind of slick. Yeah. This kind of makes a lot of sense. And then time, time's moving, man. Like, we're not getting any younger, so. Yeah. So I can't hear, wait to hear yeah. whatever you have on the boat. And I hope that uh, you get it out there and put it out there. If you already got it, gave it the attention that it needs. And now it's just the people just waiting for it be seen yeah and that mango puree mango puree that's pretty dope on the way okay and then after that you'll be focused on maybe an album yet or you're still waiting to see how the people react for this project so for the album it's an album is special to me yeah. man like i want to put like so much money into album for like different producers not too many artists but you know i want to put a lot of money into an album man like yeah. i'm looking like half a million like oh, yeah it's quite a bit of money <laughs> it is man it's but a chunk of change. but like that's i need that push i need that push from somebody to make the album mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah so maybe i can run into something or someone that can change my life you know yeah but make that happen in the meantime you're still working the craft still pre- for sure coming out with concepts as far as songs creating yep. songs and yep. different things like that for sure what about your next show when you have your next show coming up next show is going to be october 28th so October 28th October 28th so we're probably gonna re- well actually know about that time and where is that show gonna be at uh, it's actually a new location mm. I don't know the address yet so what's I mean, the name of the venue it's a new location it's a brand so new? it's like somebody that owns the location uh-huh. they decided to have the show there so we're gonna have it so, right there unknown spot JJ <laughs> is gonna be right there on the lineup uh, is there a particular act that y'all opening up for or yeah it's just like an independent type of thing so we're having somebody from Houston come out Mm. And he does a lot of bigger shows in Houston, like opening acts and all that. So he's coming out to check the artists and stuff. So, so it's kind of like a showcase to show somebody that does music from Houston to check out what we got here. Yes, sir. Kind of like that. Yes, sir. That's dope. What is the event called? Do you have the name of it yet? Uh, I think it's like Halloween show. You know, it's uh, not really uh, nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing, nah, it, no specific name yet. Yeah, you music the you music Halloween show. Oh, I yeah. got you. Sir. okay so uh again we are running short on time however i appreciate your time very much thank you I, i'm glad that you continue doing the music and working on it even though i might not see it being consistent or your fans the people that support you haven't seen it but you know that you're working it and uh, sure. i can't wait to hear whatever you got going on thank you and uh again since 2015 that you've been working on the craft i can't i don't doubt that the things that you put into that learn things that you learned as far as the music industry to put it into your, your actual tracks now and getting them out, I, I, can't, I can't wait to hear what you'll you, come man. up with. Thank you. Thank you for Are you having me Are you adding some of the Spanish? 
So yeah, I, I made my very first Spanish track at Grand Hustle. What? Because they made me do it. <laughs> it's like, man, we need a Spanish track from you. And I was like, I felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in those moments of being uncomfortable, it's like the best things come out of it, man. How did that Grand Hustle come to you? What, what happened that day? What exactly happened? Did you just go to the studio and something? Or was there no, a situation? We, uh, I, I know somebody, his name is Wade. Uh-huh. And Wade was just like, hey, man, we got... I got four studios lined up for you when you come to Atlanta. Hey, shout out Atlanta. Anytime you want to do music, go out to Atlanta. They show love. Wow. Like they, they help you go up that ladder. And not like Dallas is a little different. It's kind of clicky. You know, people have their clicks. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. So it's, it's like that. So he kind of just opened the doors for me and was like, man, what studio you want to go to? I was a Grand Hustle, man. Let's do Grand Hustle. He's like, that's like 600 bucks, man. Let's do it, man. Let's just ride with it. And he's like, "All right, you sure? One more time? Like, let's do it." And when we were in there, he was like, "Jay, look at me, man. Gucci Mane's first mixtape was recorded in this room." Are you serious? Yeah. He was like, "You got to give me something, man." And I was like, "Let's go." We made three tracks right there. I want to say in like four hours. Three so tracks. Six hundred per hour. Six hundred. No, 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 six six hundred for the session. For it the was session? like four or five hours. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And did they provide an engineer? You have yeah. to bring your own engineer. No, he, he everything's there, there, which is the engineer I work with now. Uh, mm-hmm. So they get you going. They do they get your own he tracks. He brought me beats. He brought you he beats. He brought me beats. Well, Young Dolph's producer. Yeah, yeah. He brought me some of his stuff. Very first beat he played. And it was a Spanish track. Went in with it. Went in. What's the name of it? Uh, no dura. And it's still on the boat right now. Doing the ball. Oh, bro. Yeah. What? If you don't get this music out, J Trey, if yeah. you don't get this music out, yeah. I mean, at yeah. least every quarter, at least three For months, sure. some new sure. song. Because, yeah. man, people are hungry. telling you. They yeah, are. They hungry. want to be able to see the, your, the consistency. Uh, even if it's the same thing you push for three months, if there's nothing else going on, you know, different little videos, things like that. Yeah. Man, people appreciate it and start keep going your base yeah. and, and be ready for that. <clears throat> Hopefully that opportunity for the album that you want to do. Okay, so all your social media, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they listen to your music? Uh, y'all can follow me on iTunes, Spotify, JTRE, J-A-Y-T-R-E, official JTRE on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yep, that's it. There you go. And any shout-outs that you have? Any people that you, throughout your career, that you dealt with? I mean, no, there's a bunch it's of a people. a bunch. There's a <laughs> lot. But the ones that you, of course, your family, but okay. uh, all the ones that can come off the top. Remember, you are still special, but there's a lot. This yeah. Been a, a Family, good... y'all special. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, bro. So S1, man, shout out S1, Apale, Bush, Third Lion, Bizzle. Man, shout out Crispin, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate yep. it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course, bro. We've been, we go way back. Way, yes, way, sir. way back. I know. And uh, if y'all didn't know this, Chris, he's actually the one of the reasons why I got put on a K-N-O-N with Miss Q. Oh, really? Yep. I sent, oh, yeah. sent you an email and I was like, hey, can you, any way you can give this to the DJ? And you're like, I'll give it to the DJ, but I don't know if she'll, if she'll play it. And I gave her two songs and she ran with one. And yeah. man, I really appreciate that. The first time I ever got radio play, yeah. it felt so amazing. Yeah, I don't think I do something. Hey, nah, for I'm real. Just kidding. No kidding. Don't come to me and tell me your tracks. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. The, We'll, we can talk about the podcast if you're doing something serious. Homie's been serious for yeah. many years. He, he stays with it. He works on his craft. You know, he. I wouldn't say you're blown up yet, but I can see something like that happening for you too. Not to mention, again, the craft, the uh, showmanship and everything serious about it. You know what I mean? Again, maybe you haven't had that opportunity yet to be able to put you forward, but I do what I can as far as like I have. To a certain extent, I have influence. For sure. And I can, I have no doubt, I was real with you. Yeah. I can't guarantee it that For this sure. is going to happen. But I will be more than happy to present it because I, I, I mess with you. We met before and I give it to them and then they play your track. I'm glad that that was able to be fulfilled yes. for you. Uh, but again, I can't guarantee people stuff. I'm presented to people and introduce people, but I can't make them do anything if they, they don't want it. No doubt. But I'm not going to give you false hope. I hope this interview does good for you. I hope people are able to see that you, even though you haven't been doing your thing for putting out music for a while you've been seriously working on and learning the craft yeah. of how to be an independent artist how to know about doing it the right way putting it out the right way distributing it the right way giving credits to the right people go to the right producers yeah. names that i don't even know 
But I know they're pretty relevant as far as the music goes for, yes, for the things that you're doing. Yes, sir. They might not be relevant to me as far as knowing, yeah. but you know that they're important people that you need to work with yeah. to take it serious. Yes, so, hey, it was my pleasure, bro. I'm glad that you were able to do that. And again, I feel like you could, my opinion, if you can stay consistent putting out music that you have on the vault already, even okay. if you're not the most favorite track with you, okay. you'll still get the momentum that you need eventually, you know? Okay. It will happen for you. Thank you. All right. Now, what is an important lesson that you learned in the music business that you would tell your younger self that will help somebody out now? Don't do wrong by anyone so no one has anything wrong to say about you. Yeah. And if they do, they're lying. Because <laughs> you ain't never done that wrong to nobody. You know what I mean? For sure. So absolutely. Yep. Um, character. You know, stand on your words and know that you don't go out around messing people up. So if anybody else, something is, is on them, it's not on you. Because sure. you've done everything you're supposed to. Yes, sir. That's dope. So usually when I wake up or throughout my day, I remind myself, and I heard it from this guru, guys. I'm not immortal. I am mortal. And I will die one day. And that's not to scare me, to frighten me, to terrorize me. That's just a reality in life that we're here. Very finite life. We don't, we're not here forever in a day whether we want it or not. Yeah. And it helps me realize to do stuff and, and, and get busy with different things because we never know. With that, after everything, I, I wish you a long, prosperous, successful life. However, when everything's said and done, what do you want people to feel or think about your life? I want them to see the passion and the drive and hopefully it inspires them to do the same. Awesome. No doubt whatsoever. Yeah, no doubt whatsoever. And uh, 2015, when Daisy was... Uh, Making a comment on one of the pictures. Uh, <laughs> Daisy's a fan. She's uh, going to be, uh, her episode is going to be coming soon, her Spanish interview. Okay. And um, she shared, and I realized, like, I've been knowing you for some time. Yeah. Like, from the first time we were doing, uh, for people that don't know a little bit about me as far as in the radio game, I did my own internet show for three years, years ago. And then I went to KNON for a year. Okay. And that's how I got an opportunity to, you know, do my, and, and get better at, you know, being quick and on the air okay. and help you and a few people get their, without guaranteeing anything, be able to put your tracks out there. So it, it takes a minute. So with us connecting, even then there was just internet and putting it out there. Mm -hmm. and hopefully somebody was here and to be able to know that you're still doing your thing. I'd be able to find your stuff. And then you're still taking it even more serious as, as seeing the things that really matter. Right. Yeah. And being selective with shows and being reached out to be, to perform and from a legend to come to you and say uh hey i really like what you got let's yeah. do something that's very significant and it shows growth as far as the things that you've been doing now maybe a lot of people might not realize that you've been active like that but man yeah. that's pretty big thank so you. without a doubt jay trey you are a global land factor thank you very much for being here i appreciate thank it you for having me absolutely this was another episode of the global latin factor podcast remember remember to subscribe remember to subscribe and remember we are the spice we are just like you we are the spice in this melting pot that it is the world the next time thank you thank you very much for checking out another episode of the global latin factor podcast make sure you go and subscribe to the channel you are very important and it means a lot to us whenever you go and subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notifications whenever we have new episodes. It really does truly mean a lot to us. Thank you very much. One what is the la vigo? Walks like a pedo, but in fact is a flamingo. Coming to Havana and we from Puerto Rico. On a pirate ship, he don't know where do we go. The birds of the jungle chasing fortune and fame, but one.